Chapter 2 Roots Mum and Dad grew up in a time of political unrest in Guangzhou, a city in southern China. In 1966, Mao Zedong launched the Cultural Revolution, purging China of its capitalist remnants to pave the way for the, for the superior and ideal communist state. The whole country was in chaos. Millions of people died. Corpses were hung on telegraph poles in the main street or simply abandoned along thoroughfares. Traditional monuments and heritage sites were destroyed. Highly educated individuals were accused of being enemies of the state and were then publicly humiliated, assaulted or killed. It reached such a terrible state that my grandmother forbade my mother from ever leaving the house from fear of persecution. My mother is the third of four children. She grew up during the height of the communist regime. She endured the Great Chinese Famine of 1959 to 1961. As a child, she lined up with her ration ticket for an ounce of pork or a bag of rice. When she was six, she was already performing most of the cooking and cleaning duties at home while her mother was away working. Such an upbringing has shaped her into a gritty, intelligent and proactive individual who would have excelled at a human resources role or managerial role had she stayed in China. Mum has a brain that thinks three steps ahead of a two-step task. She is the perfect person to ask for advice because she views any situation from several perspectives before forming her own opinion. She is the type of person who tells it to you straight. When my brother and I were born, she invested all her free time in us, always finding ways to improve us through education, music or sport. My brother and I are her pride and joy. My father's earliest memory of the Cultural Revolution was that no one needed to go to school. Before that, he grew up in a childcare centre from the age of 3 and 10, 3 and then at 7, sorry, he moved into primary school. He would cook rice for his family and help to clean the house. But then, in the early months of the Cultural Revolution, schools were shut down as they were deemed breeding grounds for intellectualism and therefore elitism. And so, without school, Dad was just at home all the time. He played with all the kids in the neighbourhood because that was what you did with your time. Every day, all the kids would knock on each other's doors to simply hang out. China was so densely populated that there were always people around, and they would play with anything. A crushed Coke can became a reason for soccer. Marbles became the afternoon pastime. It was a simple time, but a lot of fun. There was no Facebook and Instagram back then. My father grew into a man that was relatively more aloof, yet carefree, than mum. He had a playful, childlike energy about him. He would offer an opinion only if asked and otherwise left you to form your own opinion. He was very consistent with work. He was never one to impose his views and he never had high expectations of us. He was just happy when we were happy. Unlike mum, he would definitely say some dumb shit from time to time, which I think I may have inherited. Both my parents missed out on two years of their education due to the revolution's policies. Later, when primary and secondary schools were gradually reopened, my parents were appointed six months in a classroom and six months in society. In society meant being sent to factories, farms, 
steel mills and other industrial centres at work. This is what constituted my parents' teenage years. When my parents finished high school, they were each allocated two choices. Yes, allocated. It didn't matter what you wanted to do. In their time, the paradigm of following your dreams didn't exist. You did what the nation needed you to do. My mother's choices were to be sent to the farms or to become a coal miner. At 17, she was sent to the darkness of coal mines. She had to shovel, drive drilling machinery and perform laborious tasks. She remembers being covered in soot and dust every session to the point where she would finish work almost completely dark. Is that something a 17-year-old girl would do in our current society? She worked there for four years before being transferred to work as a waitress and chef at a hotel in the city. From the minute she entered the workforce, she was already working hard. For my father, he was to become either a Navy officer or a physical education teacher. These were not his first choices, but that was life. There was no choice. He elected to become a high school teacher, and at the age of 19, he was teaching high school children. Just imagine with me for a moment. If your high, school's career, uh, your high school career's advisor told you that your job had already been chosen for you, your next 10 years laid out for you, and your life set out for you, how would you feel? What would you do? In our society, we have the ability to choose with relatively small external pressures, but we don't. Internalized societal constructs have made us feel as if there are things we should and can't do. Aside from breaking the law, we have free reign over our own destinies. You don't have to be studying for that degree you don't want. You don't have to be in that job you don't need. And yet we stay. Why? Fear. With my parents, there was no need to imagine. They lived it. In the late 1980s, my parents had an opportunity to leave China and start abroad in Australia. They were both in their 30s at that time. By that stage, both of them had experienced what it felt like to have no freedom of choice. They hadn't met each other yet, but they both decided around the same time that they wanted to experience freedom. Off the cuff here, they didn't meet until Australia. I know that part's a bit confusing. Back to the book. So they packed their bags with no money, no friends, no grasp of English, a stomach full of gutsiness, and they left for Australia. When they arrived, they settled in Cabramatta, which was where the majority of Chinese and Vietnamese immigrants were. When they arrived, my parents had to hustle to survive. Forget making a living, no. They lived day by day, and they'd go through days where they wouldn't eat. Sometimes mum would cry herself to sleep. They took jobs that paid them as little as $3 an hour, sometimes even less. They had to beg, compromise their own self-worth and identities just to live. Both my parents credit their upbringing in China for giving them the tenacity to withstand the initial years of living in Australia. In fact, many of their friends left after a few years. My dad told me that every night he would repeat positive affirmations to himself. He imagined that he was a rubber band and no matter how hard you stretched him, he would not break. In 1990, my parents got married. They met here, in Australia. They were actually housemates. 
1991, my older brother, Wilson, was born. My parents say he was a great kid. He never cried. My parents could tell he was an intelligent boy. In 1993, my puny head popped out of my mother's body and thus began my journey through life. Now you may be wondering, what has this got to do with my journey to the Commonwealth Games? I won't say that tenacity is inherited, but because of what they went through, I think in some way my parents passed on their resilience to me without any of us knowing. They would always remind me of just how lucky we were to have what we had. They reinforced the principle that working hard will always pay off.